yeah, usually I just do these in my living room, my little studio beach apartment. Um, but this is a little more official, which is cool. I don't know that it's cooler, actually. You know, official's not always the right answer. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. We got the American flag. We got the patches up yeah. in here. This is sick. This is very cool. Um, well, if you would like to give a little background to those listening, um, just kind of who you are, your background, um, just so they can have a better understanding of what we got going on here. Yeah, so is this mostly, who, who who's listening? We have a r- wide range of people, yeah. all ages, all, all genders. Right. You can you can say whatever you want. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm 42 years old. Uh, I graduated from college in 2001, went to Emory in, in Atlanta and studied economics. And, you know, it was kind of a, an interesting time because there was this big internet bubble and it kind of crashed right before right before I, I graduated. So the job market was kind of weird and didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. But that was May of 2001. Okay. And then, of course, the towers fell 9-11 yeah. in September of, of 2001. And so it provided some clarity for, for me in terms of, uh, okay, I need to serve my country. And that, that led me on a lot of different, a lot of different routes, so to say, you know, looked for, looked for various ways to serve in CIA or the FBI or those kinds of places. But then ultimately I, I knew I needed to serve in the military. That's, that's what, that's what really called me. And so I, I enlisted in 2003 and, um, eventually made it through special forces training and then, who got my, you know, I, what I really wanted was revenge and I got revenge, but you know, <laughs> sort of, but what I really got was kind of service, you know, and like the ability to, it, it was a lot more powerful than revenge. Mm, and that's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. So do you think it changed you in terms of service? Um, you got more out of it than you expected to? Well, I thought I was going to do my time and then get out and then go back to my regularly scheduled life, whatever that was supposed to be. And, you know, that's kind of the narrative that you heard from the greatest generation or from, you know, at that time, nobody really wanted to look towards the Vietnam veterans. There was kind of a stigma against that, right, which is a shame on our part, right, just as a population. And and we learned our lesson. Yeah. But it was like, you know, this idea of you go to Vietnam and you get broken, was not kind of a, a great narrative. So I looked past that and looked at more of the World War II generation, the greatest generation. And, you know, they went over and some of them were deployed for years. They didn't come home and then go back. They just stayed there, yeah, you know, very stormed the beaches of Normandy and then Market Garden and, and uh, you know, Battle of the Bulge. You, you get to do all of them. And it's, it's kind of crazy to think about. But then, you know, they did a couple years. And then they came home and then, you know, a lot of them got educated and, and went to, to school and then were really, really productive members of society. And I, I kind of missed the part about how the service would change you and what that would kind of lead to. So that was, that was my path to kind of walk down and, and figure out. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, thank you so much, by the way, for your service and what you've done. Um, it's really interesting to hear from different people who have served about what they got out of it personally and how it differs, because I think people go into it for different reasons and then they also get different things out of it, which is one of the great things about it. Yeah. I mean, I've, 
yet to meet the person that regretted joining up. Yeah. So, do you think the military is something that everyone should experience? Um, the short answer is no. I, I think that service is something that everyone should experience. I mean, I, I you know, because if if you if I sit here and say yes, I mean that means that I'm for a a draft in in essence, right? And and yeah. I'm not for that. You know, I I think that. I go back and forth in my own head on whether there should be mandatory service. And and where I kind of fall on that more than, say, mandatory is it should be so highly encouraged that if you don't, it's almost like a black mark on you. And mm-hmm. and so if, if corporations really valued this in terms of how they hire people coming out of school, I mean, and, and just to speak to, to, you know, the generation behind me is – you're you're given so much more responsibility at a young age than you'll ever get in any corporation. When you join the military. The military or the Peace Corps. Take your pick, right? Yeah. Like you're given so much more. And that benefits you a lot over time. And it's it's something that you just you can't get at you know, whatever, whatever corporate job you're going to go after. So I, th- I view it as a way to really differentiate yourself in the marketplace, but that's getting kind of tactical, right? It's more about you will actually learn great things that you, you can't learn when you get older. You just can't, you don't have the freedom. You don't, yeah. you get kind of entrenched in whatever it is you're doing and you just don't. And so this is a, a great opportunity. So do you think that by serving and doing that do you think how do you think that's affected the way that you've started this business which we'll talk about in a second and uh, run it well it's kind of like asking you you know what's the impact of speaking english on your life hmm. it's it's big you know, yeah i mean i need it <laughs> yeah you need it right as it's i like, stuttered just there but yeah <laughs> it, it's you can't separate your thoughts from english right right it's, it's kind of like that. I mean, or, or where are you from? Or who are your parents? Or who is your, you know, your, all, all these things they ask you when you, you sign up for a bank account as your emergency kind of password yeah. stuff, right? All that stuff is, is kind of just the fabric of your DNA as a person. And you can't separate it out. And the more meaningful or impactful someone is, whether it's a, a parent, a loved one, a mentor, uh, an experience, uh, a war, uh, you know, uh, a service project, uh, or whatever, take your pick, right? Yeah. I mean, the more impactful it is, you know, the more it becomes part of your, your everyday, whether, you know, it's, it's direct or it's kind of just a part of your thinking process. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of experience and life crammed into, uh, crammed into to serving right after 9-11, Mm-hmm. And and so I got a lot out of it. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that was very huge for you. What? Because I I know what GoRook is the company, but a lot of people who are listening to this may not. Um, what was the purpose of starting it? And to you, what is the company? Because I think it's more than just backpacks and bags and rucksacks. Yeah, the world doesn't need the world doesn't need another backpack company. (laughs) That's that's the last thing. We don't need any more things companies, really. I mean, a lot of things we have. I mean, there's just boatfuls of of last season's clothes that go over to third third world countries and they can't even use them. So like 
try sending you know your your five hundred dollar last season rain jacket to to the equator in Africa. It's it's not going to get used. It's too hot. Anyway, that yeah, yeah. that's a that's a sidebar. <laughs> so yeah, we spent a couple years developing gear, right? Baghdad, New York City style rucksacks. Yeah, really tough. You know, build them in America, all that stuff. But I just I was not interested in running a backpack company or really doing that. I just thought. It, it seemed like such a waste after after being in the military to transition to that path that I could foresee. So we started up a whole events universe within GORUCK, which is based on special forces training, and so is the gear, right? And and so what is a GORUCK? Well, a, a GORUCK in war is a, a, a backpack or a rucksack that you would put in the trunk of the Humvee with, with extra supplies, yeah. right? So in case of... Whatever you can, um, you have what you need to, to fight. Like a go bag, essentially. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And also in special forces, rucking is the foundation of special forces training. People think it's, you know, lifting logs above your head or, you know, doing flutter kicks in the middle of the night in some cold river. It's, it's not. It's you put a rucksack on your back and you walk. And, you, you know, you sometimes you do a little faster than walk. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it is. And so that was just second nature to me. This this gear has to be able to thrive. And this is a this is a great fitness community building activity. And right. we just kind of put a little skin on it to make it more accessible and approachable. So we have a full kind of manufacturing suite of, of rucksacks and apparel and footwear and all that jazz, right? But our, our heart lies with the people. And so, you know, these events that we run, they're, they're led by current and former special operations guys. And then we have over 500 go-ruck clubs around the country that are just community-led of people of all sexes and shapes and sizes. And, and you take your pick. It's, it's mostly just, you know, people that want to get outside and be active together. So That's cool. I didn't know, I didn't know about the clubs across the country. Yeah. That's super sick. So it's, it's great. You know, you bring people together in the real world. And that's kind yeah. of what made the army and the military great i mean anybody you talk to about the military they're going to tell you this sucked and that sucked but man i miss the camaraderie and the people and right kind of bringing that back well and one of the beautiful things about it and it's something that michael easter mentioned in his book comfort crisis which i know he he interviewed you for and it was a it was a fantastic book and he had a really great piece about this company and you was that you could do this with your grandma you know, she could put 10 pounds in your in her bag and you could put 55, 60 in yours and you guys could go the same pace and do the same ruck and same walk and get both get endurance and strength benefits out of it. But it's bringing people who might not normally be able to work out together and you're putting them in the same situation. Yeah, we've kind of classified getting fit or whatever as a mandatory punishment where you clock in and you clock out and i think that we need to broaden our we need to broaden our aperture a lot on on this front we just need to move more and we need to be more socially and physically active and things that you can do with other people there's a lot of benefits that come out of that totally and uh i think that that clock you're mentioning i think that's really interesting because a lot of people they get in they get their 35 40 minutes in at their spin class or whatever which it's great you're getting a workout in that's all good but i think a lot of people are missing out on work i mean at a basic level workouts outside 
doing stuff that gets them out in the outdoors. And then once you also can bring a community together, it's like a perfect combination of stuff. And that's what rucking can do. Well, do do we need another training plan right. or another? <laughs> I mean, do we need someone else to tell us to eat the Mediterranean diet? Yeah. Do we need anybody else to tell us to, you know, move our asses a little bit more? Right. I mean, it's like we have a, we have a, and I don't say that to just point fingers or to, to get, you know, people to agree with me. The, the The point is that we have an accountability problem. Mm-hmm. We don't have, we have a motivation problem. Yeah. Right. We don't have a knowledge problem. And people are better accountability than some Mr. Spandex yelling at you through your phone or, you know, this thing that you just bought that's that's already got cobwebs on it in your garage. I mean, it, it's we don't have a money problem. We don't have I mean, there's it's it's it can be simpler. Yeah. You, you find a buddy, you find a little crew and you just kind of go outside or meet up on the weekends or do whatever. And, and an active activity begets activity. So you do something and you, you end up doing more stuff. It yeah. becomes more because then you're around those people and then you're doing, you know, and, and that's that's a really rewarding way to, to, to live a life. Totally. And I really like that quote um, because I've started doing some rucking with, with a buddy of mine who got me into it. And uh, I am wanting to also get into bow hunting. And a big part of hunting in general is you got to pack in, you got to hike in lots of miles with a heavy pack on you got to pack it out if you're successful and uh kill an animal and this has allowed me to train for that and prepare for that right here at home and it's now opened up the doors of what i could do like physically and mentally yeah i mean if you want to go climb a mountain or if you want to train to i mean if we're, we're, we're built to carry and it's it comes naturally to us so if you want to be good at walking and you want to be even better for all the days of your life you want to be better at walking then then ruck more i mean it's there's there's no other way in in florida to train for say colorado or to train (laughs) for any of those kinds of things i mean you can find some stairs that's that's a good start and and you can really load up you can load up the weight and you know if it's too easy you can add weight yeah. You can always play that game or you can go faster or both. Right. And and so it's just it's another way to 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 stay active. Yeah, and I think being active is is just it's so important nowadays. I mean, it's it's, it's the most important thing to me, I think. Um but for you, what physical benefits have you seen to yourself once you started doing this at home? Once I started doing what at home? rucking like on a on a regular basis so i've been rucking since the army right right so that was 2003 that i joined and before that it was just you know i would go to the gym and i would you know do some bicep curls and and some bench press and you know then i'd get a little bit better at that and i'd get a little routine on that and you know i'd also do a bunch of cardio i mean i played college tennis and i like to be outside and i ran a bunch and you know, swam and, and did all that stuff. But the the strength stuff was never that fun, right? No. I mean, it was just, you know, I go into the gym with that set of headphones on and it was fine. I did it, right? Because right? I thought that's what I needed. And, you know, the the army kind of broke it down. It makes everything simpler, right? Everything has to be simpler. 
And so we were outside a lot. And you can get the world's greatest workout with almost nothing, right? Yeah. If, if properly motivated. Yeah, that that's the that's the key part right there is the the proper motivation because, yeah, that's that you need that. Yeah. So now, I mean, when you look out, I'm kind of let's say about midway through my life. Okay. And you say, like, look, I would like to be able to be as active for as long as I have, however long that is, right? Yeah. And to do that, you have to stay active. You don't just stop and that saves your, your body to be more active later. It's, it's the opposite. Your body gets better with more use. So what are the things that we should all do, right? Well, we should move more. Yep. So if you start to say, hey, you know, should get 10,000 steps or so, right? Not be a slave to your phone. But I mean, I've tracked my steps over the last few years and I can kind of I can tell when they're a little bit too, too few and far between. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I got to kind of get back on, get back on the train a little bit here. The, the, the hoof in it train. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then you kind of build on top of that. Right. So you can build strength gains and stuff, but, but basically walking is the most foundational form of movement that we have. Yeah. And so we can pretend like, 30 minutes on a spin bike is, is going to be great for us and stuff. But do you want to be able to do that when you're 80 or do you want to be able to still walk? Oh, that's a, that's and, a good way of looking at it. I would yeah. rather be able to walk. And, yeah. and so prioritizing that with my time is more important to me. Other sports, I, I bike a lot. We bike all over here, yeah. right? But I don't, I, I'm really cognizant to say, I, I just, I want to, I want to die with my boots on moving forward. And so I'm just going to keep doing that and give myself a good percentage chance that that happens. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really interesting way of looking at it because they, it also all works different muscle groups. And when you train something, it's obviously just going to get better and better. And I, I never even thought about that. Like spin bike, it's a great workout, but that's not necessarily going to make you better at walking when you're older. It's good for your heart. Yeah. Like here's the thing, good for your internal organs and all that mm -hmm. stuff is great, but there's another great, uh, you know, health guy out there named Dr. McGill, who's the, the back doctor. And he has this great quote. It says, train the movement, not the muscle. So whatever you want to be able to do in life, if that means you want to be able to pick up heavy stuff, I would recommend that you be able to pick up something heavy <laughs> stuff. Cause what happens when you have to pick up your loved one or your buddy or yeah. whatever, right? There are real world applications here, but really what the movement that we all want is we want to be able to, to walk we want to be able to travel and go to some city and explore it. We want to be able to, you know, do that unencumbered or not. We, we want to, there, there's a great amount of freedom that comes with, with yeah. that type of independence. You want to be able to bend over and, and tie your shoelaces and do all these kinds of things. And I'm, I'm not sitting here like, you know, forecasting out however many decades. It's just at some point you get a little bit older and you kind of say, okay, so what are the patterns I want to do in my life that I actually enjoy? And when you go back and you're young, you really shouldn't worry about that stuff. You, you should be out exploring all the kind of different stuff. You yeah. should, you know, treat your body like you hate it, basically. And, <laughs> and just try new stuff. You, you will recover quickly. Yeah. People, are, people are learning to be very fragile. And this is, a, this is an enormous problem for our country and for the people who, who are in it. We're, we're, it's like... 
You have to have the right powder and the right goo shots and the right recovery and the right. It's just marketers selling you stuff. Yeah. You don't need all of this stuff. You need to just go outside with a buddy and move your ass, right? And do yeah. that consistently. And you'll start to, you'll, like, whatever that is, I don't care, right? And then every once in a while, go climb a mountain or go, you know, take a, an awesome trip somewhere and go scuba dive for seven days. Like, yeah. do something exhausting. Pick up a new thing, like surfing or whatever, right? Which is on my list. It keeps getting demoted on my list. I'll teach you. I, awesome. I got a couple boards, yeah. Really? Yeah, I've been surfing for a while. All right, cool. Well, I just found myself a surf teacher. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's one of the things where, you know, you, you look for these areas where you can just full throttle ahead. Like yeah. I, you, you have to learn what you're good at, right? You, you're attracted to the things that you're passionate about and you got to learn if you're good at it. And, right. And if you're okay at it, but you love it, do more of it. If you suck at it and you hate it, definitely don't do that, right? <laughs> and then like some of it is just, it's just a grind, man. You just have to get, you just have to do it. There's yeah. no shortcuts to anything. And so over the long haul, you want to, you want to explore all these different kinds of things when, when you're young, because the, the, the real tragedy is you, you don't learn anything about yourself or what you're capable of if you don't burn it at both ends. And you, you need to do that. And you can't do that, you know, with everybody telling you how dangerous this is or, you know, you might, you know, what if this and what if that? Like, you have to learn to be safe and, and don't die. Got yeah. it, right? But, but you also need to get out there. Like, life has risk. And mm -hmm. people, people are having problems understanding this right now, right? No matter what you do, there is risk. There's also risk of, of inaction, right? Like the risk of inaction is you're just dead inside. You don't know. You're not really living. Yeah. And, you know, like that's not fun. It's, it's not rewarding. There's no mission. There's no purpose. And it, it promises a lot of regrets. So, you know, you, you got to get out there and you got to do it. Yeah, that's – I – that resonates really hard with me because – Something that for the for as long as I can remember, I've always tried new things, whether it's surfing or surf skis, which is like a twenty foot long sea racing kayak. They, uh -huh. they race them in Hawaii. I got one in my place. I'll I'll show you really? when we go surfing. Yeah, huh. very challenging. I mean, it's thirteen inches wide, twenty feet long. It's a toothpick in the water, but it's just something that I've tried to do. And Did this start in San Francisco or something? I think it may. Oh, <laughs> it's like all these tech guys. They got to invent yeah. something new on the. Well, did you, you I'm sure you, uh, Magnum PI. Oh yeah. That's what he was on. Oh, it's one okay. of those. Yeah. Awesome. So I watched well, that as a kid. way old, old school. Got it. Yeah. So I watched that as a kid. I've always wanted one. I finally was able to find one and got one. But, uh, I mean, whether it's that, whether it's the archery, whether it's now the rucking, I mean, I've tried to acquire all these interesting, like different hobbies and activities. And some of them are more challenging than others, whether it's like rock climbing or something like that. Or, uh, I mean, the arch in particular is very hard, but I love being able to find these little phases as my parents call them and try to figure them out. And they're challenging, they're hard, but it pushes me and it allows me to develop these new skills that I never would have thought I had. And from the outside, it's like, oh man, what is Wilson doing this week? And it's just like, what is going on with him? But I think that we need to try all these things. And there's so many things out there and we have all these opportunities. And it's like, why wouldn't we try that? Why wouldn't we go for it? Well, there's lots of reasons why. Because you might get hurt. You might fail. Yeah. You might, you know. Failure is not a bad it's, thing, though. It's, yeah. it's a lot of, 
you, you have to spend money, you have to spend time. There's yeah. all sorts of excuses that that pop up, but ultimately, you know, if once you get that that bug and you just kind of start getting after it, it 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 just one thing leads to another and it just keeps happening over and over and over and it's you know, before you look up, it's like, man, this is really fun. Yeah. You know, you have these moments and and even when it's not fun, it's fun if you're with the right people. Totally. I totally agree with that. And It's like, how do people meet people now? On TikTok? <laughs> I mean, it's, this is ridiculous, right? Yeah. On, on, you know, DMs and texting and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Like, I am fine sounding old-fashioned if, if, if I sit here and say that people need to meet up in the real world and go do hard things together, yeah. right? Like, go on a trip with someone. Go, you know, sur- go try a new sport. Go climb a mountain. Go yeah. do that with other people in the real world. Go go to this skateboard, you know, uh, the skate center. Go to go to the rock climbing gym. Go to wherever. Like, leave a little bit more of life to, to chance like that. Like, who you're going to meet and what where that's going to lead. And, yeah. and, and you're still doing something great for yourself as well, which is just this kind of discovery and exploration. Oh, I, yeah, I totally agree. And some of my best memories, my favorite moments that I've had so far are these challenging, hard moments with other people. And I mean, I can remember them like, like what? yesterday. I was recently on a trip with my family in Montana and uh, Wyoming and probably a life-changing trip for me, to be honest. But we were doing this 15-mile hike up to this really awesome vista. And at the base of a lake you could see three giant switchbacks going up to the very top and it was like the last probably half mile or 0.7 miles to the top of this section it was really steep elevation change but we we were obviously going to do it so i start just trekking up and all of a sudden i just feel this fuel this energy from these mountains and i start just running up these switchbacks and all of a sudden i look up and i see a group of doll sheep just hanging out there on the rocks, just staring at me, just in their own habitat. And I'm just smiling ear to ear, running up these switchbacks. I got this beautiful lake. I got, there's still snow on the bottom because we're at elevation. It's perfect blue skies day. And uh, and it was hard. My heart's pounding. My legs are burning. But I've never felt more alive. And it was in these moments that I think about and they're just the best yeah, would you experience. rather do that and have that feeling or would you rather watch someone else do it on tv oh i mean every day i would want to do that i mean it's the coolest it's, thing yeah. in the world it's like but but people think that there's this huge gulf between you know watching it on tv and doing that and and that's a great experience i've, I've had that's a great part of the country especially in the summertime oh my God. as well but you know i mean it starts with one step yeah it's like Go outside and just – it just – it starts with one step and, and, you know, I'm not a patient person. Me. Right? <laughs> I have these – I have some, some great people and mentors in my life and they're like, I'm, I'm trying to teach you patience. And I'm like, I'm trying to learn it, you know? <laughs> but there, this idea of you have to be – nothing's going to happen tomorrow that, that, that's going to matter, right? If you start it today – it's not going to be – it's going to be nothing but kind of failure and dejection and hard work in essence, right? Like if I said, oh, you, you've never rucked before and you're not in good shape and here's 45 pounds, follow me. And, you know, I burn you into the ground for yeah. a couple hours in a hot Florida summer day. Like it's going to be terrible and you're yeah. probably not going to want to do it again. Right. And so you kind of say like people people out there, we all got to kind of start with 
one step. Part of it is, you know, think about what you want to do, but don't think too long. And then yeah. kind of like start it, you know, and you're going to you're going to fall off your whatever and, and like get back up. Don't don't do it to the point of, you know, I never want to do this again or whatever. But it's, it's like it's not going to be easy. Yeah, and I think there's a big fear of starting new things nowadays, especially when they're challenging, because they can people can foresee that they will fail at the beginning because it is new, it is challenging, so they just never start. And in doing so, you just prolong it, and it just never happens, and then you missed out on a opportunity. And uh, then they're at your funeral. Yeah, and, and nobody and I, knows that you ever even wanted to do this. Yeah, and that that's sucks. It. Yeah, that's not a life I want to live. That sucks. Yeah. It's uh, I think doing hard shit is one of the most beneficial things you can do, especially nowadays. And David Goggins, he says it best. Um, I don't remember the quote exactly, but basically it's it's easy to be hard or tough nowadays because everyone else is so weak because, like, there's not a lot of people who like to do hard shit. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, it, this – there's a lot of people out there that do. I just right. think it's a, it's a underrepresented minority. Like, you know, when you serve in, and he did as well, but when you serve in a place like the Seals or the Green Berets or whatever, there's a lot of hard chargers out there. And yeah. through GORUCK, I've met them all over the country and the world. And they're just, I think more people want to do it than, than do it. And it's just, you know, how do I do this or where do I start? And it doesn't really matter. Like if you're waiting for a training plan or whatever, it's like just go do it. Yeah, you know, whatever it is, just like, just go do something. Right. It doesn't have to be this like grand thing. It's just like like you said, just taking one step. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's fun though when you do something challenging that you really invest a lot of time into, and uh, it's rewarding at the end. I mean, it's one of the best feelings. Like after. I mean, even like after just rucking with my friend, like you're, you get done, you drop that pack off and you're like, holy shit. Like how much were you rucking? So one night we did a, a beach, we went on the beach and he has one of your 80 pound sandbags Yeah. and we traded off. I was, I had a pack on and I believe it had 55 in it. And so we would do like a ruck shuffle down and, um, we would just switch off every like mile right. or so. Yeah. All right. That's that's legit. <laughs> okay. Cool. That's legit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how much do you weigh? One sixty. Yeah. That eighty pounds hurt. Oh, to be honest, your soul, it man. sucked. And he and he afterwards was like, "Yeah, by the way, I'm two o five. You're one sixty. This eighty pounds feels way easier to me than it will to you." Yeah. I mean, you're in good shape and have done hiking and all that stuff. I mean, you got to be pretty careful with that much weight. Yeah, like make sure you're you're actually ready for it, and you know. But I, you, you made it. Yeah, that's I'm, good. Yeah, it was it was uh it was tough. <laughs> it was hard. I mean, like part of me is like I'm 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 not walking back what I said earlier. It's like, yeah, you know, you're the type that that's how you're gonna learn. Other right. people out there, you might not want to start with that much weight. Is all I'm getting at. Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it was it was a lot. But uh, what's interesting about it also is. I haven't been doing it for that long, but I've seen it. I feel like it's giving me improvements in my running because one big thing right now that I'm focusing on is my just endurance base. And I'm doing that in just long miles running. And I mean, I'm seeing my pace get faster and faster. And 
it's it's really cool to see that like when I'm doing something that I never thought I would have been able to do or not really traditional training and it's like benefiting it. Well, I mean, look, there there's slightly different systems at work. I mean, yeah. you know, all the meatheads will tell you, right, running kills muscle cells, and, and it does. Yeah. You know, I mean, there there's certain strength gains that you're going to get out of rucking that are that are not bulk at all. It's right. just kind of, and you know, there's this there's this thing that I was reading about called uh, fatigue resistance, and you know, the military does this really well. And, you know, it's basically just a volume of work. Yeah. You have to be able to do a volume of work. And you don't see this with a lot of the most elite athletes that are used to a game or a couple hours or whatever. Right. You see it in people that, that are training for really long distance stuff and, and a lot of people in the military. And rucking is just something that, I mean, I have fatigue resistance. And it's not because I'm uh, running all these marathons all the time. Yeah. I, don't, I don't run anymore. Really? Right. Unless I... I mean, I'll do a little bit of sprints with some of the workouts, but yeah. it's just not something that I, I, it, it's a solitary thing and I can never do it. My dog can't, it's too hot here or yeah. he's not built for it. And so it becomes only about me. And so this is the point where when you're younger, you're able to do these things and you should. Yeah. Right. And when you get a little bit, your, your responsibilities shift and it's just, I don't want to carve that time out. I, there's other things I want to do, like work or spend time <laughs> with my my wife and kids or whatever yeah, the case yeah, yeah. may be. And I got to figure out how to how to stay active in and around that. But but rucking will certainly augment your, your running. I mean, it's just going to make your, your lower body stronger, your legs, without getting bulkier. And it's going to make you more resistant to fatigue over time. And there's actually a, a, a hypothesis from Dr. Wilder out of Virginia who was like, he's like known as the running doctor. And the hypothesis that we were talking about, we were going to try to prove this, but then COVID hit and, you know, probably need to re-engage him. But this idea of if you're going to train for a marathon or long distance stuff, there's, there's only so much that your body can take in terms yeah. of the damage of running. Well, you can simulate heart rate response with less damage to your body through rucking than mm. what you'll get from just running. So you can actually kind of condense the, the, the cardiovascular response with, with the addition of, of weight on your back. Sure. This is a, a hypothesis. There's no study yet. but It makes sense to yeah. me, though, because I that's how I feel it's been helping me. And, I mean, I also have started doing, like, I'll do, like, the Stairmaster, which I feel silly saying sometimes, but it's yeah, a great Yeah, you should work. feel silly, and yeah. you should stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if we had mountains here, I would just I be hiking that. those. No, you got to do the mountains. <laughs> but, yeah, and then the other thing you can do is you can – so there's this kind of secondary movement in between – so if you put a rucksack on, I, I recommend that you not run. Right? Oh, you mean, are you going to talk about the ruck shuffle? Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of, hey, keep your feet really low to the ground. Yep. You can keep your arms down, not not like you're trying to go really fast. I was wondering to, where to I was go, supposed to put my arms. To go really fast. Because if you put your arms up here, it'll start like, like you're running. Uh-huh. It's almost like you'll, you'll start going too fast or you won't be able to. It, it, it triggers certain things like, sure, oh, I'm running yeah. now. And pl- plus, when I did it, we would do it with uh, these these fake rifles and stuff. Oh, so, so we had arms, to carry yeah. them down. Yeah, your right? arms can't move. No, we would carry them with one arm. It wasn't. Oh, okay. it wasn't the low ready when we would be out uh, with, with some of our iterations. Okay. Um, 
that was when the low ready was when we were doing the tactical portions. But it's just you keep your just shuffle really. Yeah. Right. And you can and if if that gets to be too easy, that's a good thing. Add a little bit more weight until it's not. Okay. And you know, for most people out there, about a third of your body weight would be the max that you would wanna kind of go to. Now, if you're if you're wiry and strong and have these you know, really strong endurance base, you might push that up a little bit, a little bit. And occasionally I will. I'm I'm probably 190 and you won't, I mean, my classic weight that I'll rock with is somewhere between 45 and 60 pounds. Okay. But occasionally there's sandbag works on top. Sometimes there's, you know, there's, there's different ways to do it, but you know, that's at some point if I'm just, just rucking, like, you know, it doesn't always have to be crippling. Right. Right. It's just like, just do do the miles, talk to the person next to you, make a phone call, whatever. And if yeah. you're really training for something, then you need to take this, you need to get more specific about the speed and, and the weight yeah. and all that stuff. So I think you're, you're onto something. Yeah, I was, because I was looking at your guys, the 25 liter with the, with the hip belt, because it can hold the 45 pound plate in the back. Um, because I wanted the one with the hip belt because, uh that simulates like a hunting pack because i have like a hip belt on that um but it's it's yeah so just so you know once you once you haul something off it's like you're going to do a shoulder carry and a hip carry and whatever else like you will you will want to rotate these things a little bit interesting it's just you know if so if all you do you're the reason why hunting packs or these kinds of things are are hip carries i mean it's it's your lower body is stronger yep Right. And you're you're putting all of the weight on your hips. Right. The thing is, though, that sometimes you you benefit from increasing circulation in certain areas, like places where you're putting all the weight. So if you put all the weight around your hips, right, occasionally it will feel great if you take some of the weight off your hips and transfer more of it to your shoulders, because then you'll get more blood flow pumping through oh. your hips. Right. And, and the converse is true. When you start training up with your shoulders, then, you know, if, if the rucksack's heavy and the distance is long, then all of a sudden you're doing this thing where you're kind of raising your shoulder up a little bit and you yep. can almost massage it a little bit while you're moving and it'll just stimulate some of the blood flow to there, which blood flow is what you want. It's, right. it's what's going to kind of help rejuvenate your cells and, and keep you going strong. Okay, interesting. That's a, I hadn't thought about the rotating between using your shoulders more so because as of now, I've just been holding it with the hips but that's I mean, totally if you're looking at a hundred pound pack out i mean you know my my heaviest training exercise was you know my ruck was 125 pounds we jumped in and we rucked it for 18 hours and 125 that, pounds? yeah it's it's Holy it's, it's the culminating exercise to become a green beret like it's not it's not nothing <sighs> and the point is is that was a pure shoulder carry that was right. No hip? Yeah, that was a, Holy I mean, it was with shit. an Alice pack, but I had so much other stuff around. It just, it, it's, it's just a shoulder carry. Oh my God. And so the point is, it's like the b- ability to alternate between the two is, yeah. is great. Oh my, I, I'm still like in all, like what, what other, I would love to know what other type of training exercises you guys were doing to prepare, but also what would you be doing if you were waiting to go somewhere? Well, so the training stuff, I mean, it's really a lot of rucking. I mean, it's land navigation in, yeah. the, in the pine forests of North Carolina. 
here's your point, here's your map and compass, go, don't be late, light, or last. Like, show up. You know, there's a time standard and you have to yeah. meet it. And then there's there's a bunch of PT that you do with, you know, push-ups and all yeah. that jazz, right? Um, but then, you know, you get into to the more of the tactical patrolling and stuff, and that's that's heavy. So the land navigation stuff is 45 pounds dry, meaning not counting water or consumables. So okay. you're looking so at a prob- 50, 52 pound rucksack maybe okay. or thereabouts maybe 55 depending upon what else you have and and then when, once you kind of progress into the tactical training stuff it's it's uh you know the rucksacks just get heavier because you're carrying you your know, rifle it, well the rifle ammo you know all that stuff it's it's simulated ammo it's sims right or it's uh, the same it's, weight it's though? blanks rather um it's it, there's no gunpowder i don't uh well, there's got to be something. It's it's missing. It's missing something because they're, yeah. they're blanks, yeah. right? <laughs> so it doesn't weigh quite as much, but it's still really, really heavy, and they yeah. give you a lot of it, and you're just you know packing it out. So it's just having I mean, you're you're pushing 80, 90 pounds in that phase, and then you know the next phase, you're we were carrying a bunch of radios and learning how to deal with radios and oh, I bet that's that, heavy as batteries well. and all that stuff really he- heavy. So you're getting above a hundred consistently there. And then the culminating exercise is, is really, really heavy because it's kind of got everything. And, and you're operating in a team environment, so you're, you're cross-loading. Everybody has a little bit of medical stuff. Everybody has oh. you know, an extra battery or two. So you're, you're operating as a team. Okay. That's – geez, I mean, over 100 pounds, that is a lot of weight. Most people don't ever have to lift or carry that in their life. They don't get to. Okay. They, they don't yeah. prepare themselves to do that. And yeah. but you know, if you have to pick someone up, I mean, people weigh a lot of weight. Yeah. If you have to, you know, there's a life saving type of situation. I mean, you know, being w- one of the things that we haven't talked about at all, kind of as a as a country, is you know, there are risks to the risk to a lot of things with viruses and all that stuff, right? You know, social distancing and all that stuff, but it's also risky to be unhealthy. Very. And it's also risky to be weak instead of strong. And these are things that we can correct. You know, we, we can we can make our own luck here. Like that's that. Yeah, that serves to our benefit because, you know, everything's going to have risk. We're really just trying to mitigate the risk and optimize the the fun and, and the reward and the happiness and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's like pick up. Pick up stuff and move it. It's pretty simple, right? I mean, go outside, <laughs> right? Your body will follow. Right. Your body will follow your brain. And, and your brain, there's great effects that happen when you, you do these kinds of things as well. Yeah. I, uh, one of my favorite sayings is just mind over matter because I... Um, if you don't mind, it don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll post like my running stats on my Instagram just because... I like to see the progress and I, I think it's a motivating tool. And today I actually had one of the best runs of my life probably. And uh, I was super amped up about it. I, I did. What was it? What were your, what were your times? So I did 10 miles at a 548 average pace. That's legit. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. it, it felt good. And uh, one of the interesting facts that I found about it was I did it at my heaviest that I've been in a while. And a big misconception with endurance sports sometimes and particularly running is you need to be as lean as possible to be as fast as possible. Um, but I mean, not every, everyone has a different optimal weight, I think for, for that sort of thing, but everyone's always like, they'll ask me like, Oh my God, like, how did you do this? It's just, it's like mind over matter. Like I'm not special. It's just, you just have to push through it, 
you know, and just get it done. Um, but when you mentioned that personal health is such an important thing, I think that was something that was missed a lot during COVID. I mean, we're still in COVID, but that wasn't talked about enough being healthy. Well, it's not, it's not politically viable to, to stress personal responsibility. Right. I mean, you just had too many people, right? And I say this with, with love. I love our people and I love our country. Too many of us were sitting around waiting for scientists to come up with a, a a vaccine to let us just get back to normal. And it's like, this should be a wake up call, right? I mean, let's, let's prepare ourselves. Let's stop wasting our greatest national resource, which is our people Mm -hmm. on being unhealthy. We will optimize so much more happiness and, you know, just better for, better for our people is better for our country. And the healthier we are, the the better we're going to do. Yeah. I, I mean, and it's not that complicated. Like you said, you just grab something heavy, put it on and start walking. It doesn't walking. mean it's easy though. Yeah. Simple, but not easy. Because I mean, your, your cell phone is more addictive than heroin. It's proven. Yeah. You know, I mean, the food and especially cheap food has never been, you know, it's never been cheaper or worse for you. Right. And you can, you can have these, these pleasure and sensations from what you consume anytime all day long. Yeah. Like my, my thing is, the solution to me is to find something like it doesn't even that stuff is secondary to find something in life that you're really passionate about and put that in front of, you know, all this other stuff like watching TV and, you know, like setting your clock by w- when every meal time is. And, you know, I got a snack every two hours. Like if, if you if you just have, you know something that you're passionate about, all of a sudden the days just kind of melt away. Yeah. And, you know, or if you're training for something significant and this happens to me, right? It's like, so it's Saturday and it's middle of the day and I'm like, man, cold beer sounds pretty awesome right now, right? Because it's America and it's in, in, I believe in freedom. And <laughs> it's like, but, you know, my buddies are coming over at 3.30 this afternoon and we're going to whoop it on and sandbags and do whatever. Yeah. And then we're going to sit in the driveway and we're going to drink some beers and it's going to be awesome, yeah. right? And that's what we do. And, it, and it's great. And so sometimes you have to, you have to abstain from something. Right. If you have everything, we literally have everything at our at our disposal anytime we want it. Damn near. We could. It's. I mean, there's people who don't ever leave their apartments. You can yeah, have disgusting. everything shipped to you. It's horrible. It's yeah. disgusting. Right. I mean, you're you're afraid of the virus, and you know you got DoorDash coming and wiping it down with bleach wipes, and yeah. you know letting it sit out for. It's just, man. You have to assume some risk in life. You have yeah. to. And especially with, with kids, you know, I think it's it's incumbent upon me. It's incumbent upon folks in my generation, a little bit older, to, to be like, look, there's some risk to life, right? Yeah. I mean, especially with this, I mean, young kids, you're healthy. You have, you know, yes, you can read something about how a 20-year-old died of COVID and all these things, but you also... Not a conspiracy theorist, but you can't believe everything that you read. Yeah. You know, I mean, just remember if, if you trace the money trails, right? These these media outlets are designed to increase clicks so that people see ads that run on, on the side of them. Yeah, that's the, their number one goal. The more, yeah, the more grandiose, the more 
inflammatory the the, the claims and, and the stuff that they're making, the more people click on it. Now, the, the byproduct is fear and what people have to do with their individual responsibility and their rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is to kind of take a step back with a calmer head and and not buy into everything that in, incites fear. Yeah. And in that process, like, go back to, you know, you'll see this sometimes too, where someone will come out with something and it's like, oh, you know, we shouldn't run. It's bad for your knees. You know what else is bad for you? Being weak, right? And like living at home and not leaving and, and having poor cardiovascular function, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're shortchanging yourself. Right. Go outside. If you don't want to run, then walk. Yeah. You know, nobody's saying don't walk. So, so do that, you know? And there's just, everybody's got some scientific study to, to, to say why something is bad. Oh, don't have dates. They're too sweet. Oh, don't eat too much sugar from fruit. From, you know, you, you need to balance something out with fats and proteins. And it's like, well, fuck, can I just have an apple, man? You know? <laughs> It's like, and at some point, it's just it's like, this is so simple. And it just everybody's got some study and some reason why something just is bad for you. Yeah. Like, not living your life is bad for you, too. Yeah, that's much worse. <laughs> so uh, optimize around that, you yeah. know? This is getting me hyped up. I'm loving it. I feel like I need to go run another 10 miles after this. <laughs> Do it. See if you can give yourself a negative split. Yeah, that would, that would be pretty impressive i would be pretty stoked let me know how it goes <laughs> <laughs> i uh yeah right now it's just i i'm surprising myself and you, you mentioned this earlier that when you're young you can recover quickly and i'm surprising myself every day of how fast i can recover and i'll wake up and be like huh i don't feel like shit today let's do another 10 you know what let's do 13 and it's really fun to to push the boundaries with it and kind of like see where the limits are and uh, play with those. On like yeah, a you'll learn to back off over time, but don't yeah. don't self select. Don't sit and say, "Oh well, you know, my boundaries probably there," yeah. because that's a that's a recipe for sacrificing the gift, right. right? Because if you if you don't know where failure lies, then like then you're just you're going to start hypothesizing where it, where it exists throughout your entire life and that's yeah. the last thing that you want to do well and like this morning i was i was going and i started off with that decent pace and i was like all right if i blow up i blow up but let's see how long we can hold this thing and i just went for it and uh it worked out that's great and yeah so now i'm like all right that's a baseline now let's see how much more we can drop it by yeah but it's funny i uh i was a collegiate triathlete for a little bit at the the first school I went to, I transferred. It was in North Carolina, and at that time, my heart wasn't in it, and I didn't enjoy it, and I wasn't as good. And now, I'm just doing it for me, and I'm just doing it honestly, like for fun and just for the pursuit of seeing how athletic and fit I can be. And I'm light years ahead of what I was, and it's just it's weird. Yeah, like my the, buddy's like, what the hell? He's like, you were on my team and like you, you weren't doing this. I was like, I'm sorry. Look, man, the body works for the mind. Yeah. It's a powerful tool, the mind. Um, but another one other, a couple other questions I had for you. Uh, I just got remembered. If you hadn't joined the military, 
what do you think you would have done? Yeah, it's a good hypotheticals are always pretty hard. I mean, I, I was at a time at 22 and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, you know, I always liked the idea of problem solving. I don't know. I always liked the idea of traveling. I mean, I had it in my head that I was going to be some type of consultant, right? Of course, it's helpful to be a consultant if you if you know what you're talking about, which comes from experience from doing, <laughs> right? Professional consultants, like, all right, well, what did you do before you started consulting, you know? <laughs> and and uh, so I don't know. I mean, I was kind of on the, the business sort of business, but not necessarily start my own path. Okay. And, and, you know, I just didn't, that, that path just died on, on 9-11. And, and I'm, you know, to some extent, in fact, to most extents, I'm, I'm really glad that it did. So in the, the military then gave you kind of a direction of where you wanted to go. Well, it's just, you know, you, you take the, the, the red pill, the purple pill, the, you know, the fork left, the fork right. Yeah. Sometimes you don't get to look back. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you can make a U-turn and go back and go the other way. Yeah. It just costs you time. Uh, but, you know, that it's not, doesn't mean it's lost time. It just it costs you time. Other times you just kind of can't look back. And, you know, joining the, the military at, at that age, which is a, it's a hard time to be. It's a hard time to be alive with all sorts of expectations as far as what you're supposed to do and. People like me asking you, like, well, what are you going to do? And, you know, what's your major and all these things? And it's like, I got to think of a better way to ask those kinds of things because it's just not that productive. And you, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter where you start. Right. You know, it, it, things have a way of working themselves out. Now, you have to kind of be proactive for it to work out. You can't just sit there and wait for it exactly. to work out. You got to go out there and do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's uh, something that I definitely struggle with. And fortunately, my parents are very supportive and they they have that mindset too of it will work out. You got to go and do something though. So that's definitely been like a driving force. Yeah, fa- fail with action, not inaction. Oh, it, I like that. That's good. It, it has a way of kind of... The, the lessons you learn from inaction are basically all the same. Regret. Mm. And the, the, the lessons you learn from action are different to wherever you are in life. Yeah. And, you know, you like this situation, you like this activity, you like this place, you like this group of people, whatever the case may be. You know, it's like the more you do, the more exposure you, you have. And that's, yeah. a good, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, my, my last question is, and I... I would like your thoughts on this because of your particular background. Um, where, what do you think we should be doing with the situation in Afghanistan right now? Well, right now it's kind of a sunk cost. I mean, you gave up our logistical air base Bagram right before we did a, a you know, an evacuation or a like. Yeah, it's um, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's a really kind of poorly executed operation. and Us sh- leaving, you mean? No, leaving is fine. Okay. It's just how you do it. Oh, okay. Like okay. You can't leave like this. this. This is not on the Taliban's terms talking to them about, you know, oh, they're going to set up checkpoints and, you know, you have to leave by this date now. And, 
you know, our citizens are out there and the partners that we've worked with for a long time are out there. Yeah. And it's it's infuriating. And so, you know, what what can we do right now is like our best, but we, we, we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot a little bit and it's you know it's gonna be okay but we're gonna we're gonna have to lick some wounds and, and a lot of people are gonna suffer unnecessarily because of this yeah it's 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 sad um, do you think this what's going on right now will increase or decrease the number of people who want to enlist in the military huh I hadn't really thought of this as a inspiration or lack thereof of, of joining the military I, you know because i think this is just sort of a hey it's it's gone it's 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 happening and it's gone i don't i don't think it's there, there's not a future fight that's what's so kind of depressing about it and so I, I think that the military is you know by and large the military is in great hands right i mean certain leaders do a little better certain leaders do a little worse and, and stuff like that but it's a it's something that once you're you're in that that group with that mindset and have that that past or background that you know you, you talk about it you influence the people that are around you it's why it's family business for so many families out there you know multi generational yeah. soldiers and sailors and airmen and marines and, and and such because you know service becomes a way of life and so uh, you know I, I don't think this is going to negatively or positively impact okay. it I just think it's it's kind of it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was a, a shock to the, the system reading all about it and hearing about it. It was and I can't imagine what it's like for, for veterans and people who have served there. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. So, you know, we, we own the lessons now though. Right? We can't talk about how we already learned this in Vietnam or right. we already did this. Like we this is the live case study right in front of us and, and we own it now. So the, the goal is to to not do this again for real. Yeah, yeah. To to learn from our mistake and uh, and move on. And I think that's kind of been a theme of what we've been talking about for this episode is failure and learning from it. Yeah, for sure. Which I which I think is a good lesson and one that a lot of people should know and should learn. Um, but thank you so much for having me here in the, the champagne room. Well, thanks for coming, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. This There's is a party outside a little bit from time to time, but overall it's, it's not a bad spot. Yeah, this <laughs> is a, this is a very cool place and very cool company. And I'm super impressed and stoked with what you guys are, are doing. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you.